Welcome to For the Record, behind-the-scenes insider podcast with Colin McCall, where we take a forward-facing look at your environmental requirements and help you make your EHS program an indispensable and strategic part of your company's growth. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter. And now, here's your host, Colin McCall. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. Today, I'm joined by Chuck Doino. Chuck is all for his Atlanta office director, and Chuck and I have been driving around the Southeast together since he made his way down here in 2013. So we've had a nice run. Chuck spent the last decade plus helping industrial facilities with air quality permitting and compliance. And today, we're going to try to extract just one piece of Chuck's experience and talk about emissions reporting and more specifically, the growing importance of consistency across emissions reports. Important topic. So, Chuck, welcome. Anything else you would like the audience to hear in the uh, way of introduction? Yeah, thanks, Colin. Appreciate you having me. I just add that one of my passions and the reason that I love doing what I do is the strategic element to uh, navigating air permitting challenges. With air permitting, it all starts with emissions calculations and the way you present your data. It feels like we're headed down a similar path, a similar challenge in terms of compliance and reporting. So I think this is a good topic, timely topic uh, for us to dig into. Excellent. Let's get into the into the meat of it. And like always, we try to be practical with the topics we're covering. We try to be forward-looking as much as we can. So that's what the questions are going to focus on. Chuck, could you walk us through to start the current landscape of reporting for facilities generally? What are some of the reports and where does air emissions information and corresponding production information tend to show up? Yeah, so there's a number of different reports that facilities are required to submit. You have your annual emissions report, which is sort of the bread and butter report for many of our of the larger major source facilities out there. Your TRI report, which in a lot of cases is not really considered an air report, but there are air elements to it that need to be reported. You've got greenhouse gas reporting, max compliance reporting, quarterly and semi-annual Title V compliance reporting. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of places where this data shows up and, and could be looked at. Chuck, we've been on the topic of consistency for a long time, delivering this message. Why does it continue to grow in importance, this concept of consistency across reporting? What are some of the reasons for that? So if you look back in time, 20 years ago, everybody was submitting compliance and annual emissions report via the mail. Fast forward to now. Everything is going the way of electronic reporting. The, the environmental landscape is, is taking a step forward and using technology to its benefit. Uh, as that information becomes more electronic, it becomes more publicly available, data is more transparent, and it becomes increasingly easier for agencies, the public, to compare and contrast different reports and take a hard look at them since they're all available electronically. So I think it's increasingly important for folks to to have an understanding of where their data is is being put out into the public domain and understanding how they how they compare and contrast. 
one interesting thing about this, looking at these reports that need to go in, is that the reports are prepared for different purposes. So the two reports prepared for different regulatory programs and for different reasons, like fees, you know, emissions fees being one example, but they have the same types of information in them. So sometimes you might you might prepare different information because you're submitting a report for a different reason. So there's a lot of layers to this one too, as all this stuff gets put out into the public space electronically. So we've got a lot of layers to this onion, I would say. No doubt. What are some... What are some examples, thinking about all these reports we need to submit, thinking they're electronic and and easily accessible, what are some of the common areas that you see where we just need to watch out for consistency? Yeah, so I, I think the, the big one that comes up a lot is annual emissions reporting and, and TRI. So in a lot of cases, facilities will submit their annual emissions report every year, then that data will go into the national emissions inventory, the NEI, which is which is governed by the EPA. That data gets uploaded every three years. And usually it's the, the state agencies that are uploading data into the NEI. So what happens is you'll submit your TRI report, and then in a lot of cases they'll compare what is in the NEI to what's in the TRI, and they'll they'll see where there are big discrepancies, and then and then you'll get an email, an automated email that says, "Hey, this doesn't make sense. Can you explain why there might be a, a difference here?" That's just one example. If you take it a level further, the things that sometimes can happen when you're preparing these different reports is you may have production data inconsistencies. You may be preparing your annual emissions report. And you go down the hall to accounting and get one set of numbers. But then you've got another person at your facility that may be preparing the TRI. And that person goes and talks to somebody in the powerhouse, for example, and gets production data from there. And those two sets of data don't necessarily match. And, uh, and then you start to get some, some minor discrepancies that way. Now, I should caveat, neither one of these data sets may be wrong. It just may be getting their data from different places. For example, the accounting group may be looking at purchase records, and the powerhouse may be using data measured to operate the facility, uh, but neither one is, is inherently wrong. The other thing that we see oftentimes is what, what's the basis for your emissions calculation? Are you using an emission factor, published emission factor, that maybe was updated at some point? And so one report is using one factor, the other is using the more recent one. Is there more recent stack test data? You know, as you start to, as you have multiple reports that are being prepared and you may have multiple people that are involved in preparing those reports, you can quickly see how you might start to generate some inconsistencies uh, just from people pulling data from different places. So those are just some high level examples. The, the list kind of goes, goes on and on as you start to dig deeper into this of where where you might generate some inconsistencies in the data that you're reporting. Yeah, some of it's volume, like you're saying. There's just so much information that's that's going in, and uh, so you have a volume issue, I think, in some cases. Going back to the NEI example, where it's the state agencies that are submitting that information to EPA, I would note that 2020, the 2020 calendar year, is an NEI year. It's one of those years in the three-year cycle. 
So understanding what the state agency is submitting to EPA for 2020 is an important thing because it's the state agency doing that. And if there are things that they need to submit for the NEI that a facility isn't obligated to submit as part of their TRI reporting or any of their other reports, the state agency will come up with those numbers oftentimes. So we want to understand what those are. And uh, just didn't know if you had any other comments on that one, Chuck. I think that's one we've seen a couple of times where it's just important to know what the state's doing there. Yeah, it's a little bit, uh, you think about it, and if someone else, not your facility, is, is taking data and making decisions on what to report, you, you can, if, you, if I'm a facility and I'm looking at that, I'm, uh, there's probably some questions that I might have. Another complication to this is that there are certain states that have very prescriptive methodologies for reporting, meaning that they actually prescribe what emission factors you need to use. And there's a hierarchy for that. Um, And in a lot of cases, that hierarchy is developed for, like you mentioned before, the purposes of estimating emissions fees, not necessarily for a accurate depiction of what emissions are, are being emitted from the facility. So that's just another layer to this is that you're not always just reporting for the purposes of here's what we actually emitted this past year. If, if they're trying to assess fees, there's a whole different methodology that the states may direct you to go down from a reporting standpoint. That gets into the different purpose of the different reports. And there might be completely valid reasons for one report to have certain emissions and another report to have different. And the issue there, though, is that someone from the general public or someone who doesn't understand all the various reporting that gets submitted, they may not they may not have that context when they're reviewing that information and questions come up. So understanding if there are inconsistencies and, and there's reasons for them so that you can answer that question, I think, is always important. And interesting on the state agency front, knowing that 2020 is an NEI year, so this reporting cycle coming up is important. One of the things we can do with this podcast is connect the uh, stakeholder groups here together, and there is certainly a good reason to be connected on that this year, what's going in for the NEI and having at least a conversation uh, with the agency about that. And one thing on that on that same thought process around where we see inconsistencies, the other thing you have to keep in mind is that there are some uh, industry stakeholder groups that collect a lot of emissions data, they collect a lot of data, and they they provide that to their to the members of their their different groups to use that information. And with the fees, is just an example those state agencies don't necessarily have access to that information. So they may be using very outdated data in order to quantify emissions that either are for fees or go into the NEI, whatever whatever the purpose may be. So that's just another inconsistency example as we're kind of going down this thread. Good point. Things to consider as we enter the summer and enter this cycle of reporting. I know it's well underway. Let's go from the areas to watch for from a consistency standpoint, and talk a little bit about this access to data and electronic reporting. I know you said there's a general trend that we've gone from paper to electronic, which probably doesn't surprise anybody. But what are we seeing from states? Is there anything more specific that we're seeing from states in terms of that shift 
to electronic reporting that you could speak to? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple different things we're seeing. Obviously, if you're looking at from a federal standpoint, there's a pretty dramatic shift to to move to an electronic system. And for there to be a platform where multiple different reports can be developed out of the same sort of general bucket of, of information. On the state side, you're seeing a, a lot of states roll out new reporting systems that they've invested time and energy into developing. For the states that have had, you know, long-standing systems already in place, you're starting to see an upgrade or a shift into things that are more, uh, basically require more data to be populated. Like, whereas maybe 10 years ago, it was just give me your number, just upload an emissions number. I don't need anything else more than that. You're seeing a shift to where facilities are being required to enter in production data, enter in the emission factor that they used, enter in any control efficiencies that they may be using. And then the reporting platform itself will take all of that data and calculate the emissions. So that's like the shift that we're seeing. It's going from just give me your number to now we're going to ask for all this other data so that we know the basis for how you calculated your emissions. And, and then we'll, we'll use our own platform to calculate emissions on the, on the back end. So that's where, you know, you're starting to open up the doors a little bit to the state agencies to show them a little bit more about how you calculate your emissions. And so those are the things that people have to, to be cognizant of as they're preparing these reports in multiple different platforms for multiple different purposes. A lot of the information that facilities would have in their emissions calculation spreadsheet is now ending up right into the system, the electronic system. Thanks for walking through that. Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with Chuck about air emissions reporting and consistency. Please join us next time for part two. You've been listening to For the Record Behind the Scenes Insider Podcast with Colin McCall. Remember to sign up for our complimentary For the Record email newsletter to get weekly news and articles on a variety of timely EHS issues. The content heard on this podcast is not intended to replace an evaluation of the specific projects and regulations that you are encountering at your company.